Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Bottom line is these two guys really like each other. Mackey and Judd. They formed a special brotherhood. They've said, you know what? We can do this better together than apart. On 1500 ESPN. It is time for our weekly and always enlightening chat with Louie Nanny. And, uh, sir, I'm going to start you off with this one. Eric Stahl. Uh, continues to be outstanding. He's 33 years old. If I'm not mistaken, he is now tied with uh, Kucherov of uh, Tampa Bay with thir- 33 goals. Uh, and this line that that uh, Boudreaux put together, which is what? Zucker, Stahl, and Granlund has been fantastic. What do you see from a line w- when it starts to click like this one is right now? What makes it special? Well, it's just the fact that uh, they, they see each other so well on the ice. They, uh, it's almost like they know where they're going to be uh, even before they're there. They, they got a great feel for one another. They move the puck so quickly. They got great speed, excellent puck handling ability in that line, and, and great shooters. I mean, let's face it, last year you had Granlin and uh, Zucker doing the same thing with Koivu. Now they're doing it with Stahl. So yep. uh, those are two pretty good guy, players right now, and they're, they're at the top of their game as well. And Stahl, how do you explain that? It's just amazing that his age, he's tied for the fourth and goal-scoring leader this year. It's terrific. Uh, when, when it comes to Stahl, too, what's your theory about a guy like that? Because, I mean, he, he was a very high draft pick and for a long time a very good player in Carolina. And it sounds like, you know, as the Hurricane franchise went downhill, he started to get uh, bored might be the wrong term, but it started to grow stale there. Is this is is this just about a change of scenery? What what's goes into a player taking his career from a place where when he signed here for three years we thought if they can get something that's great, but it might it might not be a great signing. To now it looks like a fantastic move by Fletcher. Well, first of all, there are a number of factors. One, it's who you're playing with, too, and maybe the guys weren't as productive or or you know had the same kind of feel that the guys he's playing with now. But secondly. He went into a slump, and I'm sure he started questioning whether he was going to score again. But you have to remember, uh, guys, as they get older, you think they're going to slip. But Stahl is a great skater and a great shooter. So that doesn't go as fast as a guy, when they get in their early 30s, you start looking for non-skaters, they can go fast. They can fall right off the table. Mm-hmm. But guys that skate like Stahl are able to persist and play longer. And he still has, the, you know, he's got a great release. He's got an excellent shot. I I gotta tell you I, I don't know if anybody gets more breakaways in the league than he does. I don't think they I don't think anyone does. I think you're right. So yeah, and that's because of his speed and and you know just his perception of 
what's going on in the ice and, and his ability to read plays and get in, get in holes. So it's a combination of a lot of things. And I just think he was going through a down period, and he was playing off off his position too in New York. He was playing wing rather than center, which they should never have which done. He that should never have done. That was I stupid. Mean, this guy needs the puck. He wants the puck, and he makes things happen when he's got the puck. To your point, then, also about Granlin. Louis, Granlin, Granlin can drive me crazy because when he's going well, he's unbelievable. I mean, this guy, starting with uh, the game at the Garden where they put him with Stahl, he's not just good. He doesn't have just these flashes. When he is going well, this guy is an all-star talent. He's a phenomenal talent. And, and <clears throat> It is frustrating when he's not producing as much, but I got to tell you, I never get really down on him because the little things he does are—it's are, hard to appreciate. He makes everything look so easy, and he's got such a good feel for the game. But boy, oh boy, is he skilled! Is he talented? And and he's done it at every level. You know, he's doing it in the NHL. He's done it there. He's done it in the World Championship stage. He's he's done it on the Olympic stage. The guy is just—he's a phenomenal, skilled, talented guy. And uh, when he is, when things are cooking for him, then it, it, it's really fun to watch. I, I mean, he he plays big even though he's small. He's got great balance on his skates. He's hard to knock off his skates. He wins battles on the boards against bigger guys. And when he's got the puck, he's a magician. Uh, Lou, it's Mackie down here at Hubbard Phoenix. You know, world travelers like you and myself. <laughs> you know, we have to stick to watch together. The wild, I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, maybe a couple baseball games. Uh, okay, do we need to pour one out for our friend Mike Yo? It, 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 we were playing sound bites from Mike Yo the last few days compared to Mike Yo in Minnesota a few years ago. It's uh, tough to distinguish between the two when when a team goes down like this. Well, especially against us. I, I was at the game the other night, uh, and uh, that eight three thrashing. I, I, I felt sorry for him. I wanted a while to win, of course, but uh, I, I didn't want to see uh, Yo. Team gets dropped so bad where he gets so frustrated. I saw the one soundbite after here when they got to Florida last night. And I was just looking at some stuff and I, I was listening to him and I, I just I could just see him biting his tongue because he is such a tough competitive guy and and he was trying to hold back as much as he could but he couldn't and he finally he finally just laid out names that played and just let you re- remember who's on the roster that didn't play very well. Yeah, but I you know. They're, they're really having a, a battle to make a playoff position, and then you trade a guy like Stastny. It, it gets a little frustrating, but St. Louis wanted to maximize their return on Stastny now, figuring that they're not going to go all the way maybe, and say so we might as well make the move. So how, uh, we talked about this earlier this week too. In the NHL, there's so much turnover. You know, two-thirds, if not more, of the coaches were hired in the last three years because there's just a lot of churning in hockey. So how do you know – when it's time to move on and when it's time to maybe ride it out for another year with a coach, Lou, in the NHL? Well, you've got to assess what's going on with the team. Or have they been healthy? Uh, has there been some key guys not producing? Does it look like uh, the team's not hearing his message anymore? Uh, are the guys uh, playing hard enough and, and uh want want the guy to be there, in other words, to save his job so they're, they're not quitting on him? You have to just, you know, when you're on the team, you get the pulse of the team. And when you watch the games, you get a feel for how they're playing. And when you look at the lineup and see if they got the full lineup and they're, and they're not producing and, and uh, they just don't seem sharp and they're not really accomplishing what you thought they could accomplish and yet the skill's still there, then you start 
wondering is the message not being heard anymore? It's a, times like this where I, I consider to myself, Judd, where did you go wrong? Because, Louie, I think you just said that you're in Florida, right? Right. You said you're back in Florida. Mackey's in Arizona. And Harrigan and I, like idiots, are in Minneapolis. No, you're where, at the hub. <laughs> don't you, try okay, and listen, make, don't try listen, and make me feel people, important. We need people to, you know, to make sure that they stay local, to just tell us world travelers what's happening on a day. Just keep us posted. A guy like a guy like me right about now is saying, where did I go wrong in life? I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Lou, were, were you as okay as I was with the fact at the deadline, the Wild traded Riley for a draft pick to Montreal and waived Chris Stewart, but they didn't do much. Did that sit okay with you, or were you hoping that uh, Chuck would make some type of move? No, I didn't want him to make any moves. I, I think right now you, you you're at a place where you got to you got to build a core up again, and and you got a couple of good young prospects coming, but you also need some draft choice to make certain that you got enough. I I like what the Rangers have done. They came out, you know, almost a month ago and said uh, this team's not going to win the cup. We're not going to. I love that for it, and we're gonna we're gonna make a wholesale change. And boy, they did it, and they they really acquired a lot of assets. Is it now with them doing that? Which, by the way, I liked as well. Are we going to have a, a problem here in the, this league, like we do in basketball, with the with the tanking process? Because the Rangers basically tanked. I mean, that, that game against the Wild last Friday, their defensive core was was essentially minor leaguers, and if I'm not mistaken, Nash did not play. Is that going to become a problem, or do you think the league won't care that that much about it, like the NBA does? Well, I got to tell you, Judd. First of all, they're not tanking. If, if you watch last night, and I watched all their goals. They won in Vancouver six five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was there was a malaise set in because they're waiting for the for the axe to fall, and they they know it's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet, so everybody's just sitting there waiting. Who's going? When we're going to go? Am I involved in it? And once the, the deals were done, now they they they're working hard. They're skating hard, and, and you say. It might be a minor league defense score, but I got to tell you, it's better than what they uh, outside of McDonough what they had before because these kids can skate and move the puck and fly. You, you're going to see uh, Pionk stay there. You're going to see Gilmore stay there, and you're going to see D'Angelo stay there unless they all make an abrupt change because these guys got skill and talent, and that's what the Rangers are doing. We got to we got to start going with some young guys, let them grow and let them play, and and they they made the choice. And so you got Kempfer out of the lineup, Shattenkirk out of the lineup, and and you got uh, Stahl in the lineup that will probably be gone because he's. They'd like to get rid of him. They can't get rid of the contract. And these kids are better than those three. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight years ago, sir. Do do you know what what happened to the North Stars forty-eight years ago today? No. What? Charlie Burns became, according to my research, the last player coach in NHL history. Right, he was the last one. When he played in an 8 nothing victory that you guys got, I believe, at the Met over the Leafs, he remained your player coach for the rest of the year, and the North Stars on that night, 48 years ago today, ended a 20-game winless streak. What do you recall about playing for a guy who was the last player coach in this league? I wasn't a big fan of Charlie's. Okay, go ahead. No, I, I did not like Charlie because he, I have to tell you this, I just felt he was envious of me. And I played in a line with him, and I loved playing with him. And the moment he took over, uh, he, at the end of practice, when uh, practice was over, then he'd make me skate down and back by myself three, four times. And he did this all the time. He just, he was on me all the time. And, I, you know, at the end of the year, I walked up to him and I said, Charlie, I'm just going to tell you something. 
I ever play against you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and, and I said, I just want you to know that. And he said, oh, I, I was just having fun playing with you. You know, the guys know you could take it. I said, no, no, no. Just remember that. So you weren't? I never got the chance to play against him. So you weren't a fan, clearly. No, no. And, and I love playing with him. And I liked the guy, but I didn't like when he took over coach because he always used to bug me that, you know, uh, I'm going to cut the, uh, the the legs off your chair, you know. Mm. I, you know, like, he just knew. I didn't know, but he just felt one day I was going to run the organization, and, and he just did not, wasn't, uh, you know, just wasn't a fan. I, you know, I just did not. And I, so I told him right to his face, it doesn't bother me because... <laughs> You know, I knew what he was doing. Yep. I, hated the I hated playing for him. Hey, one, one more. On uh, trade deadline day, they brought they brought this up on the coverage, and I think you might have talked about this before, but I don't recall, and, and I got a question about it on Twitter. Did you try and trade your whole uh, draft class with Pittsburgh to get Lemieux? Yeah, I offered all 12 picks for, for the first pick. How close did that come to happening? Oh, Eddie Johnson says, oh, no, Louis, I know what you're doing. We ended up last to get the first pick, just like you did with Bobby Smith. <laughs> so he says, not going to happen. I said, you know, you should think about it. You're going to have 12 players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You offered your whole draft class. Yeah. Uh, and at least one of them might pan out. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they would have panned out. I mean, you know, you're going to get some some good shots, but you didn't want to take it. It would have been yeah. well worth the price, Louis. Thank oh, you for please. your... I do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> thanks, Louie. We'll talk Bye, to you Louis, next you week. Guys. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye. All right. Let's uh let's Lou. We're uh, tandem <laughs> world travelers. That's I'm hilarious. Just, yeah. I love it. You set him up like, you know, what do you think about this, you know, this moment? He's like, oh, I gotta be honest. Yeah, I hated the guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why I love Louie. You never know what the response <laughs> is gonna be. There's always a story, but you don't know the response. Uh Doogie always has interesting and uh, and 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 good nuggets about local sports teams. Let's get to our scoop segment with him when we come back. Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios in Minneapolis. Mackie down here, Hubbard, Phoenix, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. This is what it's all about, gentlemen. It's what we train for. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. All right, scoop time. Darren Doogie Wolfson of Channel 5 Eyewitness News, the sports department. Uh, Mackie and Judd. Zolgad here in the TCL Broadcast Studios along with Harrigan. Uh, Phil down at the Hubbard Studios in uh, beautiful Arizona. And Doogie, that means that Phil is much smarter than both of us today because we're sitting here in Minnesota while he's in Arizona. Can't be that bad there right now. It's, it's nice, not but actually. It's not bad, but I'd still much prefer to be at a Cactus League game by one o'clock this afternoon than I'm be here with you, Judd. Jealousy and envy. So enjoy your trip, Phil. Hey, Good I morning, some, gentlemen. Hey, I, I've got a scoop for you, Doogie. Scottsdale is a nice place to reside. <laughs> I can tell you this, this much too. News. There's some pretty ladies in the Tempe area. Yeah, let's yeah, that's uh, that's accurate. Let's start with the twins, Doogie, and uh, tell us because uh, Phil said that he had talked to you, and uh, we brought this up, but we haven't sussed it out on the show yet. Lance Lynn, there seemed to be some real Lance Lynn uh, steam brewing late last week, which of course we recklessly speculated about. But what was the situation, or is the situation with Lance Lynn possibly joining the Twins? I don't think he will join the Twins. In fact, his camp had recent dialogue with the Phillies, for example. I think he will end up elsewhere. I can tell you this much, though. Multiple sources tell me the Twins made Lance Lynn a two-year offer for somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to $12 million total. Yeesh. Now, keep in mind, last year, Lance Lynn with the Cardinals made $7 million. He's not coming here on a two-year deal for 
a pay cut. Now, who knows? Maybe eventually he needs to settle for a one-year deal. Maybe it's less than $7 million. But he's not taking a multi-year deal to go anywhere, to have to wait multiple years to hit free agency again. Now, I can't fault the Twins for trying. The worst someone can say is no, but that is an insulting offer. So, okay, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Pitchers have to get into camps as soon as they can because you got to face lineups. At some point, you got to build out five innings, six innings against actual professional lineups. And I get that there's a big contingent of players going down to uh, to Bradenton to train together, but it's not the same as getting into a game. So, uh, A, Lance Lynn has to sign at some point. B, what am I missing here? If I'm in Lance Lynn's camp, I'm confused. He was one of the better pitchers in the, in the National League for like four or five years before the injury. And came back pretty solidly last year. So why isn't he getting at least decent offers for like $10 million a year, Doogie? I mean, that's a good question. I don't have deep insight on that. I mean, I've had people tell me he doesn't have much beyond the one really good pitch. You know, he's a Tommy John guy, you know, so there's a track record there. I mean, I know a lot of teams don't want to invest multiple years in a guy that's hitting, what, 30-31? Is that what Lance Lynn is? 30-31? He's like, he's going to be 31, yeah. I mean, when you have you Darvish's stuff, that's the exception. But I even had many people, in fact, I had a Twins employee I was with on Sunday, who's in the know, tell me that he was shocked the Twins went to five years on Darvish. That the mm-hmm. new philosophy, maybe it's not that new, but with, with all these new guys in the front office, that they are reluctant to give any pitcher beyond four years, especially a pitcher who had Tommy John surgery. But I don't know specifically on Lynn. I mean, I figure at some point he'll get some decent offer. Maybe he had that offer back in November or December, Phil. I don't know. You know, but but I have had people tell me he's not much beyond maybe a number three type starter. He's good, but he's not great. So are you giving that guy three years, 40 million? I mean, I can understand if teams are, are pausing on that. What is the uh, update on, on Sano? It sounds like he had uh, a quite a long meeting with MLB investigators now, how soon should we expect to hear something about his possible discipline, which I think could go anywhere from some type of suspension to being sent to sensitivity training? I mean, I would think relatively soon, this is in the commissioner's hands now, Rob Manfred, where I can advance the story is, yeah, we know that Sano met with investigators for four hours on Tuesday. Going back to last Friday, I know that Major League Baseball investigators We're trying to track down some phone records going back a number of weeks. Friday was their unofficial deadline to track down those phone records. And the parties involved would not share those phone records. So my understanding is Major League Baseball doesn't have every piece of information did you, they did, really did you, want. Did you guys read the report? I want to say it was in the Star Tribune where or Pioneer Press where Sano was talking about this. And he said, he said to a reporter, he said, I had a picture of the rod that's in my leg on my cell phone, on a previous cell phone, but I've lost that phone. That reeked to me of, <laughs> that phone's in the bottom <laughs> of an ocean somewhere, folks, and you ain't finding it. I, I, but, but just connecting the dots here, I always find it interesting when someone's being investigated and then they've lost a phone. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they didn't like lose Tom, it, but Tom you can Brady still track down. Yeah. I mean, whether it's through iCloud, I mean, you don't even have the actual but if phone. But if you're Miguel Sano, you might have reason to chuck the phone off a bridge. Well, maybe. I mean, yes, I guess. I'm just my conspiracy theory. Sure. Now, I'll <laughs> also say this. I suppose a suspension is possible. I would be surprised, based on what I can gather, I would be surprised if Miguel Sano ends up serving a lengthy suspension. Maybe it's a couple games. Maybe it's sensitivity training. 
no suspension. I'm just telling you, from what I can gather, Judd and Phil, I would be shocked if he ends up getting like a 30-game suspension. Yeah. Uh, so the Gopher basketball team, well, that was one of the most amazing train wrecks of three months in program history, and that's including the one that happened a couple years ago. So, wh- okay, where do things stand with this program now? This year was different than a couple years ago in that they had a, a big-time player get suspended, a bunch of unforeseen injuries. How rock-solid is Richard Pitino's status? What is to expect uh, to be expected for next year, Doogie? I fully expect with a buyout, what is it, over $4 million, $4.5 million? Richard Pitino's buyout is ridiculous. Yeah, yep. I mean, Richard Pitino is getting next year. I also can gather that Mark Coyle, others, Mark Coyle was in New York last night, and he was in Florida the day before doing some fundraising. That doesn't matter. But anyway, what I can gather is Mark Coyle still backs Pitino. He realizes when you lose Eric Curry, when you lose Amir Coffey, go up and down the list, that there were circumstances that you can't necessarily plan for. So I would be surprised if Richard Pitino doesn't get next year. Now the pressure is on next year. I will also be surprised if at least one player doesn't transfer. I won't Hmm. name names quite yet. Prominent? No, not necessarily, no. Jordan Murphy, I mean, people want to know about Jordan Murphy. He's graduating in December. Mm -hmm. He's a chance to go down top three, top four. In a bunch of different statistical categories in Gophers history, I see Jordan Murphy back next year. That would be huge. I see Amir Coffey back next year. I think those are the two that people are most curious on. So if you're wondering about those two, I see those two here. But I'm just telling you, I can foresee a situation where at least one Hmm. player transfers. Interesting. Vikings are down at the Combine. What can you tell us about uh, what is brewing down there as they start to talk to potential draft picks as well? This is pretty cool. From Chanhassen High School, Frank Ragnow, Arkansas guard, mostly Arkansas center. He will go high in the draft, maybe as high as low first round, certainly the second day, whether that's the second round or the third round. He will go high in the draft. He is highly thought of. His first official formal interview at the Combine was with the hometown Vikings. Now, the Vikings end up interviewing formally, informally, many players. But it's still noteworthy. I mean, they're not interviewing every single player in Indianapolis. Now, along the way, whether it was at the Senior Bowl, private workouts, the 30 players they will bring into Egan for a visit, they end up connecting with hundreds of players face-to-face in a very formal setting. But in this instance, if you're asking me what is taking place so far in Indianapolis, they did have a formal interview with former Chanhassen High School star Frank Ragnow. They also had a formal interview two nights ago with Ohio State offensive lineman Billy Price. Hmm. Uh, And I know we we actually did a segment on this earlier in the show. You had David Thorpe, who's a long time. uh, He's a skills trainer. He's worked in the NBA and NBA circles for, for like two or three decades. And I love some of the things that are coming out here from people who know injuries and workload. And it's really hard to say, well, this is what you can do to prevent injuries 100%. LeBron James has played more minutes than almost anyone in the history of the league, and he's a machine. Jimmy Butler broke down finally, and and who knows if there was something preventable. But can you just sort of summarize from smart people that you've talked to? And I've heard that Tom Thibodeau Doogie is much more engaged in in player workloads and tracking practice yes. workloads and things than ever before. Mm-hmm. So he gets ripped on a little bit too much now compared to a few years ago. But what what else are you hearing in that regard in the Jimmy Butler injury? Sure. Well, on Tibbs, I mean, he is giving guys more rest 
than ever before. Practices are not so much a grind as they were maybe going back to his Chicago days. Now, comparatively speaking, they are still a grind. But still, I'm telling you, I have this from multiple players on background. It's not as much a grind as many of us would think. But yeah, that's practice. In games, we see it. He's overplaying guys. I don't know if there's any real way to quantify, okay, you play a guy X amount of minutes and he runs that many miles like Jimmy Butler. I know the information is out there how much he runs on a game-by-game basis because he's running all around the court. He's tracking guys down in the post, Mm -hmm. three-point line. I mean, he's just, he's running and he's running and he's running. So, I mean, his minutes are different than Taj Gibson's, for example. So I don't know if there's any real way, though, to quantify, okay, because he plays that many minutes, because he runs that many miles, that he's going to get hurt. But I think there's enough science out there. And David Thorpe laid it out for 45 minutes. That was one of those conversations where I just got out of the way. You put the quarter in the machine, you just you throw in a segue from time to time, but you get the heck out of the way. So it's him talking. For about 40 minutes, which is really hard for me, by the way, to just sit back. Really? But, yeah, I know. Hard to believe. You're a shrinking violent. But like, Doogie, what, Doogie, one thing that you just said, um, So, I, and, and we also found a piece from Sports Illustrated, uh, the, the former personal trainer for Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, the guy who's yeah, worked with Tim all these Grover. top names. Yeah, yep, exactly. And I love the way he put it. If you take a piece of exercise equipment, an elliptical machine or whatever, now the three of us, are. this is a foreign concept, cardio machines, but... If you use that thing in the same motion for 10, 15 years, and it might start when you're high school if you're a basketball player, eventually the machine's going to break. Eventually your ligaments are going to break if you're not being mindful of it. And to what you said, Jimmy Butler runs more miles per game, according to NBA's stat tracker, than all but two players in the league. So he's running hard longer and playing more minutes per game the last five years than almost any other player in the NBA, and that's, you know, that, that's the risk you run. But then I don't know if we can then make the leap, especially after eight days of rest, that Jimmy Butler was a ticking time bomb. Maybe overall he was a ticking time bomb, that yeah. it was inevitable. Yeah, I don't know if we could pinpoint that after eight days of rest, it was going to happen last Friday. But I think the point is, Tibbs has to back away a little bit. You can't be playing these guys, especially the other night in Sacramento. You're up by 18 points. Get Carl Anthony Towns out of the game. Get Andrew Wiggins out of the game. How about this? Just logically speaking, common sense. If a guy is in the game, there's a better chance he gets hurt. Somebody collides with him, whatever it might be. If you're up by 18 points with five and a half minutes to go, the game is over. Sacramento didn't play who? Zach Randolph, Vince Carter. Sacramento had no interest in winning that game the other night. Yank your guys out of the game. So that's where Tibbs, I do think, deserves some heat. He has to back away on the minutes load. He just has to. Whatever the science says, whether we can quantify the likelihood of an injury or not, just back away on the minutes load. Thank you, Doogie. Appreciate it. Also, Quinn Carroll, Edina Jr. offensive lineman who has every offer imaginable on campus this weekend. Gophers football is a big juniors recruiting weekend. So anytime he's on campus, that is a good thing. Perfect. Bye, Doogie. See you, boys. See you, Doogie. Dave, what's coming up in stuff? Among the items, Johnny Manziel coming clean about the infamous trip to Vegas.
Phil Mackey. This guy is absolutely elite. It's kind of like you're looking at your brother. I didn't know who had more energy. Judd Zolgad. I even hesitate to disagree with him because he's so knowledgeable and he knows way more than I ever will. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. KFC's $20 Phillips will feed a family of four with eight pieces of delicious country uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, two sides of taters and gravy, coleslaw, and four flaky biscuits, all for just 20 bucks. KFC See, it's finger licking good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of stuff you should know about. Wow, wow. Man gone crazy oh. from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Zolgad's off his rocker. He wow. just played the Woo four times. Wow. I go to the Phoenix Studios and you sit in the A chair. This is like told Dave off the air. You sitting in the radio A chair with the button bar is like when you're about to hop on a plane and your pilot smells of booze with an untucked shirt. No one knows where the show's going to go now. The only thing I got to say to that is this. Woo! All right, Dave. Speaking of smelling of booze, <laughs> hopping on a plane in an untucked shirt, let's talk about Johnny Football. I take you back to December 27th, 2015. Johnny was in a game for the Cleveland Browns, got hit in the head of the third quarter by one of the Chiefs' defenders, and didn't really feel all that right. Felt a little woozy up top, but didn't report it. Showed up at the... The Browns facility the next day didn't say anything. His buddies from Texas were in town. They went out drinking Monday night. He showed up Tuesday and felt a little loopy again and said, yeah, I don't I don't really want to be here. And it's the last game of the season coming up. So I've got a plan, boys, this being his friends. I'm going to get myself and all you guys tickets to Vegas. We're going to fly out to Vegas Saturday after the walkthrough before the Sunday game. I'm going to tell everybody that I've got the concussion now, so I'll come clean on that. And then we'll come back Saturday night. Just a quick trip to Vegas. We'll do a little partying. Well, as we know, things changed. Johnny was a guest on the Tomahawk program, the Andrew Hawkins, Joe Thomas podcast yesterday, and talked about how that trip to Vegas went. I go and sit down, the guy IDs me. I hand him my ID and he's like like takes a look at the at the Because there's so many John takes a, takes a look at the, the TV right behind me and there's like a announcement <laughs> that like my name's on the bottom of the ticker, it's like a brown something. And he's just like, That's you? I'm like, Yeah. So right after that <laughs> happened, walk in to grab a drink and this guy just zeroes in on me. He like knows my walk, my my talk, my everything. It happens to be like a reporter that has like probably like a couple thousand followers but still got the blue check so he's got like a yeah, little yeah. bit of juice so he's, like he's a little like, legit. But he sees me, he spots me and then I'm into straight damage mode. I'm like, do I catch this flight at 10? Like, I don't know, Hakkasan's gonna be pretty lit tonight. I don't really want to go home. I missed my flight. I, I put out an Instagram saying that I'm at home with my dog and tagged in, in Avon, Ohio. You thought that would cover your tracks. Okay, well, yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe I think T, we're good for Hakkasan now. Yeah, yeah. so then I'm like, right I'm like, oh, okay, like, I'm not gonna be able just to go in with a hat. Like, let's go get a, <laughs> let's go get a wig. And... <laughs> So I just get on Google, type in nearest wig shop, and just go somewhere <laughs> off the strip, very, very sketchy, and just walk into this place. And, and this little like lady comes up. She's like, what you want on your hair, honey? Like, what you want? I'm like, I need something that makes me not look like this. Do you have a mustache? Do you have a, a wig? Do you have anything? And, and she came back with this wig, and I put it on in two seconds. And I'm like, perfect. I get back to the room that night, probably like 3 or 4 in the morning, and 
it's already seven o'clock on the East Coast time. Like people, we play at eleven. Right. Like, like this stuff is already like <laughs> starting to come out. I have to be there at eight, which is in an hour, which I'm definitely not going to make that. But <laughs> um, I just turn my phone off and throw it in the drawer, and I'm like, all right, we'll figure it out when we wake up. So this is how he begins his his tour to try and get back with an NFL team, right? This is, yeah, that's well, going to help. Now that's a great story, but it ain't going to help his It's gone. all about coming clean and letting it die, I believe, as he said. Just telling all the stories I, and get him out there. I believe uh, I believe he has now also said on the same podcast that he would join an NFL practice squad and basically play for free, correct? say that. I don't know. There's, I mean, I, I know he said it's going to be different this time, but I think I'd let him go play in Canada for a while just to make sure of that. <laughs> I, I agree. I'd love to see him in Seattle. The XFL can't start soon enough. If you watched any highlights this morning on ESPN or anywhere else, I'm sure you saw this play from last night's Rockets game. Martin one-on-one here. Yeah, James doubling up the Clippers. Clean up on aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. Someone call someone because there's a cleanup on aisle three as a man is down. That man was poor Wesley Johnson. Oh, poor Wes Johnson got crossed over by James Harden, who just stared at him for a few seconds as he stepped back and drained a three-pointer. But as I'm going to point out, I'm on Team Wes. Are we all just going to pretend that James didn't push off of him? So and this I was-, was Jordan against the Jazz. It was, uh, I, I think people are drawing that exact comparison. It's the magnitude of the game, too, especially. Uh, I was uh, watching this from a sports bar in Scottsdale last night. It was on live, and I did a double take. Like, did he, did that just happen? And then did he sort of taunt before traveling, by the way, taking two steps yes. behind the three-point line? Did. Yes. He travels. No one ever calls him for that travel where he'll just take, like, two steps backwards and fire up a three. Um like, imagine being that good at something where you're 100% sure that you're going to make the shot from 24 feet. You can taunt before you take it and then after in someone else's arena. It's an amazing talent. As Harden said after the game when he was asked about the taunting and why he stared him down, and he's like, I think I just I didn't know what he was doing. I was confused. I was like, why was he on the ground? I just didn't understand. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. Not my fault. Uh, the topic of tanking came up qu- uh, briefly, I believe, with uh, Doogie talking about the Kings not playing anybody against the uh, Wolves. Uh, have you seen the uh, copy of the Adam Silver memo, gentlemen, that uh, people got a hold of that was sent I out last saw, week? I saw a report on this this morning, but I've not seen the whole thing. No, the no. memo read for part of it, we have been careful to distinguish between efforts teams may make to rebuild their rosters, including through personnel changes over the course of several seasons, and circumstances in which players or coaches on the floor take steps to lose games. The former can be a legitimate strategy to construct a successful team within the confines of league rules the latter, which we have not found and hope never to see in the NBA, has no place in our game. If we ever received evidence that players or coaches were attempting to lose or otherwise taking steps what? to cause any game to result otherwise than on its uh, competitive merits, that conduct would be met with the swiftest and harshest response possible from the league office. Meanwhile, last night, the Suns beat the Grizzlies in a game that was matching two teams that had not won in the month of February, both uh, riding 10-game losing streaks. It was, I believe, the sixth time in NBA history two teams met riding 10-games losing streaks. How can they issue that memo in all seriousness? <laughs> Honest to God. Well, I mean, they, they know for a fact. Well, but Judd, they, so they don't want 
this is this is where it's tough because it's impossible to police especially front offices i can see where if you sit all your veteran starters you know if, if you if you have a roster and your veterans are healthy like zach randolph and the kings or whoever or kevin garnett back in the day with the timberwolves you should play those guys maybe they sit out once in a while but it's impossible to tell front offices yeah you got to stop trading away assets to strip it down because they'll come back and say well, wait a second we want the number one overall pick. We want the next Ben Simmons or the next LeBron James. And if you're the league, you have to put those memos out so that fans don't you know, continue to think that you got one-third yeah. of the league actively tanking, even though they are. That, like, you can't have fans thinking that. Yeah, but that, that last part is as insulting as Jim Delaney, the uh, Big Ten Conference Commissioner, telling me that you are playing in, in your conference tournament before nobody in Madison Square Garden so the Big Ten athlete can experience the Big Apple. I mean, we might be dumb, but we not that dumb. Yeah. Just don't, you know what, issue a memo, but word it so it doesn't basically assume that your fan base is morons. <laughs> Gavin Bell is a high school baseball player. He's a senior. He wants to move on and play some baseball at the higher level. He wants to go to college and play some baseball. And he happened to be looking at Texas Wesleyan University. He wanted to play for a Great, uh, great, great team there. I'm sure they're fantastic. Uh, yeah, the only problem is he got a letter back from the coach, Mike Jeffcoat, former Major League Baseball player himself. It read, thanks for the interest in our program. Unfortunately, we are not recruiting players from the state of Colorado, which is where Gavin lives. In the past, players have had trouble passing our drug test. We have made a decision to not take a chance on student athletes from your state. You can thank your liberal politicians. Best of luck wherever you decide to play. The school is investigating. Yes, those weak libs, wow. those snowflake libs can't pass a drug test. Yes. Now, I think at some point, all 50 states, maybe there's going to be a couple holdouts, will uh, openly and freely allow people to smoke as much weed as they want, and then this won't be a problem. I am. that. Once again, why wouldn't you have worded that somewhat differently? I don't, I don't get why people, this is not that tough. Let's not assume people are stupid. And, and if we have biases, but we're, we're basically a public official or like a college coach who, who is potentially known out there, why don't we word things just slightly more delicately to get around the heat this guy's now I also have. feel like we might have a problem in this country where we stereotype a little too aggressively. <laughs> and that might be an example. You don't think. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, there's a coin flip to you be decided. Don't say. Uh, very soon between the Raiders and 49ers uh, to determine who gets, I believe it's the ninth pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Those two uh, teams have tied, so they got to do the old coin flip. Vikings were part of that a couple years ago, right? Yeah, with Philadelphia, I believe. I think that is correct. Well, figure this out. There's a sports book in Vegas that has odds on the coin flip. You can bet who's going to win the coin flip. I have believe a coin flip is the very definition of 50-50, correct? Mm-hmm. Isn't there evidence, though, that heads is maybe a little bit more heavily weighted by, like, fractions of a percentage? It's possible, and I don't know if maybe the Raiders are granted heads with the coin they're using. Maybe there's a special coin. I don't know, but the Niners are plus 100, the Raiders minus 130 to win the coin flip. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, <laughs> if so you're it's... looking to make a bet... <sighs> proving, proving once again... That when it comes to football, you'll bet on anything, though. It's amazing. Now, it's too bad you can't oh. bet that in the long run. You can only bet it once. It's a winning bet in the long run, obviously, but we only get to do it once. Hey, it's, it's a 50-50. I think it's a coin flip uh, bet, right? 
Wow. Yeah, that's a pun. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's good yeah. show you, you can show yourself out. Good oh, stuff, oh, perfect. Greg. we got to go to break anyway. Uh, we're still going to get to uh, We'll do this maybe at the top of the hour here. Aaron Rodgers. The Packers want to re-sign Aaron Rodgers to a longer-term deal. And Stephen A. Smith had thoughts about that. But I also think the Vikings should pay attention here. We'll get to that. we got uh, Wetmore in Fort Myers, Matthew Collar uh, down at the end, uh, the uh, Combine in Indianapolis. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl here for a second, though. Number one REMAX results team in America for a reason. And he is offering you guys, the listeners of the Mackie and Judd Show and 1500 ESPN, a chance to win a free listing side commission between now and March 16th. If you want to enter, go to chrislindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. This includes all of the full response marketing and social media the Chris Lindahl team does to get way more money for your home than you ever imagined. This is firsthand experience for me. I had a number in mind. Let's list it at this about a year, year and a half ago, and they said, actually, we could go quite a bit higher than that because we're going to create a competitive environment for your home and we're pretty darn sure that we're going to hit that number. And I was like, all right. That thing was on the market for three hours, and somebody made a full-priced offer. It was the quickest process I could have ever imagined. ChrisLindahl.com, Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's heard by well over 100 people. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Season one of the reimagined reboot of the iconic action-adventure series MacGyver is now available on DVD. Join Angus Mac MacGyver and his extraordinary talent for unconventional problem-solving and vast scientific knowledge as he saves lives one mission at a time. MacGyver season one is available on DVD now from Lionsgate. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player right now for your chance to win a copy. Mackie and Judd Zolgad in the uh, TCL Broadcast Studios in town here. Phil at the Hubbard Studios in Arizona. So uh, what teams are you going to get a chance to see in Cactus League now? So th- this is a, an amazing setup. If you're a if you're a Twins fan and you've gone down to Fort Myers to watch either the Twins at Hammond Stadium or just down the road uh, the Red Sox at JetBlue, mm-hmm. that's a great setup in Fort Myers because you get to watch two different teams and there's always gonna, most likely a home game on any day that you'd be down there from you know like the last week in February to April. Arizona is a far better setup if you're just a baseball fan because almost every single facility is within an hour drive. Whereas in Florida, you might have to drive up. Well, you could drive an hour to Port Charlotte or an hour and a half to Bradenton from Fort Myers, but then you can start to go up to Clearwater or all the way over two hours up, you know, Dunedin, Jupiter's three hours. It's yep. it's all spread out, and you're gonna ha- if you just want to go somewhere else, it's a day trip or even an overnight trip. In Arizona, so my dad lives in Surprise. He lives about a third of a mile down from the Rangers and Royals facility. They have two teams per per facility. So there's always a game going on, That's smart. and and there's two teams training at each facility, and, and then so he's got you know selfishly a half mile down the street from his place is Rangers Royals, and then like another five miles down the street is Seattle and whoever they partner with. So it's a super cool setup, and obviously half the teams in baseball are are down here in Arizona, and there's never any clouds. It's this weird thing I... where there's just never any clouds down here. It rained yesterday apparently, but I oh that, no no I God know. forbid. Yeah. I, I want to say when I was a when I was a kid and the twins were in Orlando, Phil, I think Arizona had something like a grand total of eight teams or six teams. Yeah. Because Florida used to be I mean, of, of the teams in, in Arizona now, I remember when I was a kid, the White Sox were in Sarasota, Florida. 
The Royals were in Florida. There were there were more and more teams that, that moved, but but it is smart when you consider. I, if I'm not mistaken, the Twins are in. Are, are the Cardinals in Jupiter? Is that right? Yep, they're oh. in the. I think the Marlins so, too. So so they played a split squad yesterday. Molitor took the long trip, and then he stayed on that coast last night. And he okay. and he's going to manage the team today, I believe, against the Cardinals. My point being is. It, it makes a lot of sense to have the two teams set up, and it makes a lot of sense to have everybody within, let's say, an hour drive, yeah. as opposed to what you're talking about, which is, in fact, Patrick told me, I want to say, when you were covering the Twins and the Red Sox moved to their new ballpark, the Red Sox actually, when they would go across the coast, would would take off, uh, would fly from that, that little airfield in Fort Myers across the wow. state, essentially. Yeah, it's nice to nice not have cheap pole ads for owners. Mm-hmm. You can t- t- take a private jet. That makes a lot uh, more sense, though, one, the Arizona one, setup. Yeah, and one area where I will give the Twins a ton of credit over the years, and it, it's still this way today, You know that, that Hammond Stadium facility has been around since 1991. They just upgraded the hell out of it a couple years ago. It's the most fan-friendly setup of all the facilities I've been to in Arizona and Florida. I've probably been to about half the spring training facilities between Arizona and Florida. Um yeah, maybe even more than that, and it is the most fan friendly. I mean, the fact that you can walk in, you're, you're going to get charged for game day because you go into a stadium, but right. you can show up at Hammond Stadium and just stand behind the chain link fence backdrop of a major league B game, mm-hmm. or or watch batting practice. Autographs are really easy. You know, there's some parts I went to the Diamondbacks and Rockies facility a couple years ago to do some Hardball Society podcast episodes. And uh, and so like I had a media credential, so I could kind of wander around. But if you were a fan, and this it's the same way for for uh, Rangers Royals, you can't get to some of the fields to watch practice at Hammett Stadium unless they've changed it this year. You can walk up if Byron Buxton is taking batting practice on a side field. You can walk down there as a fan for free and watch one of the superstars in the major leagues just take batting practice. It's awesome. The greatest invention or or thing that has been introduced within about the last 10 years in spring training baseball is not the berms, it's the boardwalks. Yeah. I love those outfield boardwalks. Yeah, they are uh, conducive to heavy drinking and uh, a lot of sunshine. But you got to be can, careful on those things. Yeah, but you can just walk around there, and it's comfortable. And, and there, there's nothing worse that, than the old uh, spring training stadiums where, where you went to your seat and you were just essentially trapped. Yeah. Uh, one thing they do have going on down here, apparently it's a couple miles away from uh, the Hubbard Phoenix Studios. It was right next to my hotel last night. The uh, there's There's some kind of an American disc golf tour. And one of their stops is here in Phoenix starting today or tomorrow. So they've got this huge setup with trucks, and apparently there are professional disc golf players down here in Phoenix. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if they like You don't make stay money. with Dad? Well, I, I will. To, I, the, oh, our, good. Okay, I got yeah. concerned there for a second. No, no, no. Our studios are like 45 minutes from where my dad lives, and oh. I got my flight came in late last night. Okay. I didn't want to go 45 <laughs> minutes over and go back. I thought you went to see your dad. Dad, the one thing I'm not going to do is stay with you. He disowned me, yeah, <laughs> actually.